Hey, you. Thanks for tapping into some Untapped Keg podcast where we explore different perspectives of sobriety and mental health. I'm RJ Zimmerman, and I'm an alcohol-free life coach, uh, lived experience educator, and a consultant where I work with local businesses in the Hampton Roads area to craft a better non-alcoholic drink menu that's for adults. I'm excited today on this podcast to be joined by Meyer Kra, host of Here for the Dads podcast. He's also local to Hampton Roads area and an active member of the military. Thank you for both the podcast and your military service. How are you doing today, Meyer? Not bad at all, man. I'm happy to be here. So happy to be here. Me too. This is going to be a really great episode. I can feel it talking about parenting, especially from the dad perspective, obviously, because that's our only perspective. So, um, Meyer, well, how about a little bit of background of uh, yourself and how you started the podcast? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. So, like you said, Meyer Craw, I've been here in the Hampton Roads area for a little while. I'm actually from Durham, North Carolina, the Bull City is what uh, we affectionately call it. So I used to come up here a lot, man, to Virginia Beach every every summer, pretty much, and go to the beach and hang out and stuff. Now, with kids, I don't go to the beach as much because we both know that can be uh, the car. We'll just say, like, the car. It's, it could be a house <laughs> getting ready for the beach, leaving the beach, all that other stuff. But I enjoy being here and uh, been in the military, graduated from the United States Naval Academy in 2016, played football while I was out there kind of beating my body up a little bit right now. And uh, now I'm trying to put myself back together along with kids. And uh, during my first tour, I came straight here to Norfolk, spent some time with my wife who was also in. She got out in, I want to say, 20, maybe 2020 now. And then we went straight to Guam, had a blast there. Um, I didn't even know what to expect. But we're supposed to be there for three years. We ended up coming back early because we had a high-risk pregnancy, which were a set of twin boys. Yeah, so... We did a year there, came right back here to Norfolk, kind of been our stumping ground for a little while. Been specializing in force protection and then surface warfare, essentially driving ships. I've just been enjoying myself, man. It's just, I've been in this new found journey of like, who am I? Like, what am I doing with my life? Am I happy where I am? Am I just supporting others or am I actually passionate about, you know, my day-to-day life? And in that, like, I really enjoy being a father. Like, it's been fun. As a kid, I grew up not really having, like, a, you know, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a, a policeman. Like, I didn't really have that, even playing football and running track. It was never, like, I want to go be pro in that. I just really enjoyed the company of my coaches. I really enjoyed the company of my friends, parents, and kind of seeing them and just watching my parents as well. I just knew I wanted to be a family man. So, and now being a father, I find myself with a little team, not just because they're all boys, but I find myself with a team because they look at you as the leader. Whatever you say goes like they're just following along. No matter if you got the right answer or the wrong answer, they're following along. And now um, in doing that, I said, well, how can I help other people the way that I feel like I need help? Because, you know, kind of growing up, Nobody just really, I guess guys don't really have that conversation as much about like, you know, being a dad or being a family guy. Everything is about sports or hiding your emotions and a whole, a whole lot of other stuff other than being a dad. So now I find myself just sitting down across the table with other guys, other dads, and just talking about what it is being a dad. Talk about the challenges, the, the good, the bad, and 
you know, just hash it out. And the best way to do that was a podcast. So we started here for the dad's podcast and I've been doing that for, I guess we're on season two now, maybe episode three or four. It's been a month or two and then enjoying it. I've been uh, watching your podcast. It's been keeping me going and inspiring <laughs> me. That's why I'm so happy I got a chance to be on here. I was like, man, this guy, RJ, is extremely, he's extremely communi- like great at communication. Um, you're, you keep being vulnerable even when you don't have to be, right? You talk about whatever's going on your mind and you're always inspiring people and helping out. And then, like, you're at what, 100? What episode are you on right now? I don't even know, like, what this will be 154 so 154. 153 on. will be monday and then the monday after will be this one 154 and that's all i'm thinking about. i was like if i'm i just need to be consistent like i need this is a guy who's been consistent and i want to follow in your footsteps so thank you for having me on here. i appreciate that and uh you know a little bit of vulnerability i'm still working on not like falling into myself when people compliment me so like i had to catch myself for a moment because i was about to disappear not listen to that so i really i appreciate all those kind words and um i know we didn't talk about this beforehand but i noticed that you used a curse word already on here and uh especially when it comes to men and saying help and help that i need and i really appreciate that i appreciate your entire story that um you just shared and obviously the kind words that you said when it comes to starting that conversation and emotions like i need help and we hide our emotions right like conversations that men have and i laugh at that now when i look because it's like what conversations did i really have if it wasn't about the packers or like you said sports or anything it really wasn't much and didn't think about college didn't think about the future um all of that good stuff when you were thinking about the help that you needed and then the conversations you wanted to have, how did that conversation like that start in your own head? And did you bounce those ideas off of, you know, your wife first or how did that happen? Um, yeah, I think I, I bounced it off of my wife. Uh, it's I think now the world is starting to have a little bit more conversation about mental health. Like we're realizing that there's a real problem and that, we need to figure out what it is that we need to talk to people. We need people. We need community. And you think about like right after the pandemic, uh, everybody was just searching for a way to do that. Like we couldn't just be in the house. You had everybody kind of starting on getting on socials more, a little bit more podcast kind of being formed. And during this time being in the military, I was completely like pushed out way out in Guam. A lot was different for me. And I was being challenged a lot, even in my, like my parenting style and what I was doing, who I was speaking to. And I was still going out to see a whole lot as well. So I wasn't even getting a chance to spend a lot with my family, at least a lot of time with my family. And I found myself like getting into some dark places. And I'm just being honest. And even the friends that I did have that would, you know, reach out and try to talk to me and catch up every once in a while, I found myself just not even having the energy to speak to them. And I knew that if I continued down that road and down that road, excuse me, that I was going to, I don't know what, I, I don't know what I was going to do. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know what I was going to do. I was going to break down and I wasn't going to be able to support my family. I wasn't going to be able to support myself. So I had to figure out a way and say, Hey, what is something that I'm good at? I am good at talking to people. Like, I don't have to know you from anywhere and I can just have a conversation with you in the, in the grocery store or whatever. So I said, how can I take, Something that I, I'm already good at, that I feel comfortable with, 
and help myself. Like I need help. Maybe starting with helping myself first will allow me to feel more comfortable asking mm. So I talked to my wife and she said, yeah, you're so good at it. Like, you ever thought about like doing like a podcast? It was pretty much her idea. You ever thought about doing a podcast or anything like that? I was like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Like, I was a little afraid of it. During this time, even if you go back and look at my Instagram, I was so insecure about everything. And I hadn't even realized it. I wouldn't even post a picture of my face. Like, I was insecure about my weight. I was insecure about the way I spoke. I was insecure about a lot of stuff. So the only things I even reposted were pictures of my kids, you know, my wife, not even really things of what I was doing. So I said, well, maybe my wife's challenging me a little bit. Maybe this is the first way that I can step out and force myself to do a little something a little bit different that would allow me to help myself. So I went with it. We came back, decided I was going to do a podcast on something that I was good at, speaking to people, and something that I was already doing, which was being a father. And honestly, in doing that, sitting across from people, just having a conversation has been therapy in itself. Like it really, really helps me a lot. And and now my, my sister, she's also a family and marriage therapist. She reached out to me and said, hey, you should also go get some professional help. <laughs> I said, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that too. I'll make sure that. Thanks, know, that sis. I'm, yeah, thanks, sis. So I've actually reached out and I decided to do that too. But when I think back now, like how hard it was for me to just ask for help, it shouldn't have been that hard. Like I, I don't, I, we have people that are around us who say that they're willing to help and that they're always going to be here for us. And most of, most of the time it's true. Like they may genuinely mean it, but a lot of times I think as men, we focus on, you know, giving so much on protecting our family, providing for our family, doing things for other people, going to work. Like everything is output that sometimes you don't want to ask somebody to input something into you. Like you're so afraid to ask for that help. Uh, because you're going to maybe look weak to yourself or to somebody else who you're trying to actually look strong to. And uh, you, you're not willing to give that up. And that was hard. That was hard. Absolutely. That is, um, as somebody who has also been in therapy for a while, um, it's it's helpful. It is hard to take that first step. And it's hard. The first, God, six sessions where you don't really know what to talk about, you know, like, what is, you know, <laughs> kind of just throwing stuff out there and seeing where it goes. But man, to like you said it, I think the thing that is men that were taught through society, it's not even necessarily like outwardly spoken to us, but we're only worth what we provide. Right. Ooh. And Ooh. that, that is like something that, I remember going before I had kids, um, before I was a dad, even before I got married, I was not going to get married. You didn't have to be married to have a great relationship. Um, the F the societal norms, you know, we can swear on this podcast. So fuck the societal oh, norms, right? Blue collar worker, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> I'll be right there with you. But I fell into that trap too of, my worth is only what I can provide. And if I can't provide, then I'm worth nothing. And I have to prove my worth to legitimately everybody is what I got stuck into. And 
that digging that up was really difficult for me and working on it. But now that, you know, the podcast has helped me find words for a lot of things and what I've discovered about myself the past coming up on four years now, it's like the change and the person that you see is so completely different from even where I started the podcast. It's when I think about those first few episodes, it's it's unreal how the vocabulary I didn't have and where I was starting from compared to where I'm at now. Um, and you talked about how this, the talking to someone is therapy um, for you. What is something that has surprised you that came out of an episode that you learned about yourself? I would say maybe like how I've been surprised at how vulnerable I'm actually willing to get. I think a lot of times some of the things that you thought you never say out loud is only because you were too afraid to even start the conversation. So mm. I found myself getting conversation with a lot of these guys even even maybe the conversations happened before we even hit record or happening after or during but i realize now when the purpose is hey let's build a relationship not surface level let's actually like talk to each other about what we're actually dealing with and all the other stuff i've been surprised at the things that i've that actually will come out of my mouth like actually talk about you know problems i'm having um or challenges i'm having with my kid who was having seizures and how i actually felt in the hospital room um problems with maybe feeling jealous of the kids now that they have mom all to themselves and when i get home i don't get a piece of mom or you know less sex in the bedroom now having four kids in and out or you know just different challenges that i thought i'd never actually talk about or even talk about some of my weaknesses or just how open up to you about being insecure i've never said that out loud before but i know what we're here to do i know that you're willing to hear me out and i'm not afraid to start the conversation so now that i'm not afraid it's like what else am i waiting for like just it's let it all out and i'm gonna heal from it because i'm doing that so that's i'll probably say one of the things that's been the most um like surprising to me and the other thing that you said about like finding the words i think a lot of times even at home i could be speaking to my wife and she realizes something is wrong with me and i realize something is wrong with me and i don't know what it is like i know what it is i kind of like feel it maybe between us two but i don't mm-hmm. know how to say it and if i do know maybe how i want to say it it's not gonna sound good like it's gonna come out really rough really butched um and i'm probably not gonna speak to her for like a week and that's not something that i want to do or even when i'm trying to speak to my to my son there's something i want to explain to him but it's not gonna come out good she's not gonna understand it i don't know how to break it down so now as i'm having these conversations sitting conversations and sitting across from people I'm finding the words and it's starting to get a little bit better. And I thought maybe, you know, I need to get a little, maybe an app and work on my vocabulary or maybe, you know, I need to, to uh, read a couple more books to figure this out. Those things help. They, they really do help. But there are other ways as well as you're talking about, you know, your feelings and emotions and stuff. Probably more curse words there because guys don't <laughs> normally like to talk about that. I mean, but like you said, too, as soon as you said, you realize sometimes how surface level your relationship with some some people are or some guys are because guys usually do that we can go to a cookout and talk to somebody we've never even met before for maybe two hours and don't even know their name but it's going to be about the packers it's going to be about <laughs> you know the grill and, and stuff like that even if we know them or don't know them but uh 
going that second level and getting a little bit deeper is what helps you the most. Absolutely. And that's, that's something that I just learned this year that I've been missing is that connection and connecting with people, you know, like yourself, but had to start with connecting with myself. And when I didn't have the words, I couldn't even understand. Like, I just thought I had anger. And Hmm. then I started to learn, Oh, there's frustration. Even when I'm not doing something, there's still frustration. There's annoyance. There's so many different things that come in and it might be from two days ago. It might be from something in the future that I know is coming up. And that's the, that's actually what I'm feeling. It's not necessarily just straight anger. And that has helped me to really understand kind of where I'm at. And it's helped me be, find patience with my kids that Ooh, I yeah. didn't know was there. I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day with a young lady and I forget her name, but you were talking about basically how like a lot of times guys, we understand like the surface level emotions is angry, <laughs> happy, sad. And we just go there and we don't internalize the other ones so that we can break them down and really understand where we are, where we are in life. Breaking those down does give us a whole lot more to pour out. And like you talk about with your kids, like it gives you that patience. It, it doesn't always come easy to everybody. Um, and I needed that same thing too. Where do you feel like you were able to like learn the difference between those different emotions and where you were that it wasn't just anger, that it wasn't just those like it was annoyance it was frustration um it actually started through the podcast and when i started so for a while we streamed on twitch um the episodes live and then we posted them to audio and somebody came in who has been on the podcast and is a good friend it's uh jenny so she's jenny fur on twitch and she has a show called breakfast and feelings and she was giving me and my brother-in-law crap because I used to have the do the episode with my brother or the podcast with my brother-in-law. Cause all we were saying was, I feel great. This is exciting. Like good. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah. And she's like, we need to get you guys some different words to use besides those same three. And I was like, what are you talking about? There's no more words that we need. This is it. So that started. Um, and then I had Amanda White on who is uh, I think she's an LPC. She's a therapist. She talked about like sobriety and you, you know, a lot of times when you're starting to go sober, like you have to name your emotions because now you have to feel them. And that's scary. So she talked about different processes to be able to understand and name them. And then what took it over the top for me to be able to actually break them down was Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart, which is a book and it's a show on HBO. I recommend both. They're both amazing in their own right. The book I think needs to be in seventh and eighth grade and like junior in high school. Like you, you should be going over that as a child when you are, because those are the times where you're going through the most changes, where you're feeling your emotions for the first time, where you can get the nuances. And in the book, she breaks down like, I say it was like 84 emotions and experiences and that reading that book and then how she breaks it down. And she uses, you know, in every person's kind of language that's easy to grasp that can really help you break some things down. 
And that completely changed my internal dialogue. And once I was able to change my internal dialogue, that helped me being able to have more conversations and find courage to have conversations that I didn't know I wanted to have and connections, you know, create those connections. So that's kind of, that's the journey that was probably two and a half years that um, it took. But I think the level that you're willing to open up is how quickly you can move on the, on the journey. And um, I remember when I was going to become a dad, there was, I knew that the way that I wanted to be a dad, what I was going to do, which was the opposite of how I felt probably from my parents ever is I'm going to respect my kids' intelligence. Mm. And then everything has kind of started from there and then gone, gone out from that point. And I've, I've since learned like, it's kind of, what is that called? Gentle parenting or it's kind of how I've the philosophy that I ended up taking without even realizing it, but that was where I started. Um, When you were becoming a dad, was there anything that you wanted to take and like start with? Uh, I think so. I think definitely, I think my own philosophy in life is to start with love. Like that's essentially how I do everything. And you can ask pretty much anybody who's gone to school with me. And I don't think I've ever really put it into words until maybe only a couple months ago when I was talking to my son. But everything I try to do, I try to start love, even, you know, trying to give somebody the benefit of the doubt or, you know, how I'm working or the relationships that I have with people, no matter if it's going to be a good one. Or a bad one, you hear about the good, bad, good sandwiches when having conversations with people. Um, but it's the start with love. So I was like, okay, no matter what I'm doing, when I'm raising my kids, I hope that I start with love in every part of Like, no matter if he's doing something that I don't agree with, no matter if he's taking a road that is a little bit different than mine. Because, you know, as playing sports, you're like, these are the things that I have in my toolbox that I got yeah. along the way. The easiest way for me to know that you're going to get them is for you to do the same thing. And I realized very quickly in speaking to some other dads that that doesn't always pan out. Right. So if he says he doesn't want to do sports at all, what am I supposed to do? Like now I feel like I don't have the answer, but if I were to start with love by realizing, Hey, I love you. No matter what you want to do, we're going to figure it out together. Now I'm going to like do what you said, respect his intelligence, have a conversation with them. Instead of trying to make him into this person that I want him to be, slow down and realize that the person, the person that he's becoming already, and then I'm going to be able to help raise him. And I feel like you have to do that a little more gently. Like it's going to have to be a little, maybe even a hybrid of gentle parenting. I'm a, I'm kind of an old country boy. So sometimes the traditional old country boy ways kind of come out and how I want to raise them, things I might say to him and do to him, but. I love that you said to respect their intelligence because the kids know, like they really do get it. They might not have the answers to everything, but they always ask because they want it and they know to ask. They might not know how to put things in words, but they got it in their head. And if we think that they don't, we wouldn't be 30, 40, 50 year old men talking about what happened to us when we were kids because our parents didn't realize that we already understood what was going on. So yeah. if I respect that a little bit more and just talk to him, hey, man, I'm sorry I yelled at you this morning before we went to church. 
I realized that we were late. It was frustrating me because we're always late. I wanted to be on time. Your mom already yelled at me about this or that. And I just wanted us to be on time for once. I didn't know how to communicate with you that we were going to be late and that I want you to move a little bit faster. So I raised my voice. That's something I don't want to do. I don't want to make you sad. I don't want to you know, upset you before we go to church or any other time. But I want you to know that daddy's sorry, that I'm going to look for another way to help you understand that so we can be on the same team. And he goes, oh, I, okay. Yes, daddy. I won't be late anymore. I'm going to put my shoes on Sonic fast. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, what just, what just happened? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so respecting their intelligence definitely helps. And I, I try to start with love. Man, I just like, I resonated and loved everything that you said there. And that's something that I think we take for granted as dads um, sometimes or parents in general, apologizing for your mistakes, like owning up to it that I do the same thing. Like I'll, I'll lose my patience. I don't have infinite patience. Nobody does. I'm a human being, (laughs) right? So I'll get frustrated and there'll be like 10 minutes where I'm like, I'm raising my voice too. And they've both told me they don't like it when I raise my voice. And Sometimes though, it's like, we got to get moving. And then when we get to the vehicle, I'm like, you know what? I raised my voice and we were late because I got sucked into some, something that I should have had taken care of earlier that it's not your guys's fault. It's dad, daddy, sorry that I did that. And I'll try to do better going forward. I still have things that I need to learn. And like that goes so far to allow them to realize that it's okay to make mistakes. And what they get from it, too, I realize is like when you apologize, because I feel like when I apologize, it's me telling them that daddy's going to be perfect from now, that I'm not going to do it again. But that's not really what they're learning. What they're learning is like daddy apologized. He saw what I saw. So it's not I'm not in it alone. Like he's not just yelling at me and I think that I'm all wrong or whatever. He apologized. He saw what I saw. And now as you continue to apologize for when you do do wrong, it's something that you're going to do better. They realize that, hey, people do make mistakes. So when it does happen, he can look at dad or look at mom and go, okay, he's having one of those moments. You know what I'm saying? I can respect that. He usually does this right. He's not doing it right today. I have mistakes. I do those same things sometimes. And you're like now creating this person who is to navigate in the world and see other people's perspectives and understand. And it's, it's hard in a moment to realize that. And as parents, we don't, I think my parents didn't apologize as much. You know, maybe they, that was something that they learned or they just didn't know how or didn't respect, you know, a child's intelligence. Because as, as parents, this is kind of like the first time you're ever doing it, right? You didn't take oh, yeah. a class in high school or college <laughs> or anything like that. So you're doing it for the first time. But um, as I'm getting older and now having kids, I'm starting to forgive my parents for some of the moments that we had. And I'm starting to understand, like, hey, they, this is their first time. Like, I told my son that finally the other day. I was like, hey, you're my oldest. Like, I've never done this before. Cause, oh, you never been a daddy before? Like this, like no, this is <laughs> this is my job, but this is not my career. You know what I mean? And maybe that gives them some perspective. It does, and they, like you said earlier, like they understand more than we might give them credit for. Um, yeah, that's it's when you have that understanding, like oh, my parents don't know what they're doing either. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That person at work that I think has everything together doesn't know what they're doing either. We're all just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. That's it. Like, that's literally how we're going through life. And they say you got to fail to get things right. So 
you can literally be watching somebody succeed through failing. And you're just looking at them like, what are they doing? But they're trying to figure it out the same way you're trying to figure it out. They might be in a different position or different perspective, but it's cool now to, to talk to him about it and realize he's understanding it. And then now I'm trying to show him his two-year-old little brother doing the same thing. Like, he's like, he, he, he's not sharing it. He's not doing it. He doesn't know how yet. He's trying to do these things. Like, my two-year-old will literally go to my five-year-old and have a blue Pokemon. And a, I mean, I don't know how they even got these, but they got a blue and a red Pokemon. Hey, you know, which one do you want? My son will say the red one, and he'll keep the red. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> because he's learning how to share, he doesn't realize that. And uh, my, my five-year-old's kind of like learning in real time from different angles and perspectives. Like, everybody's making mistakes and failing and trying to succeed and stuff like that. And it's, it's cool to watch. But it's not always easy being in that position, though. Like, mm. talked about a little bit, uh, just like releasing that and talking to your feelings, to apologize, to know that they don't have all the answers and that they're not doing everything the way you want to. It's not easy being on this side. At all. Not at all. Not at all. And then to try to explain things that we take for granted to children that have no context. And you're like, how do you not understand? Oh, wait. I never <laughs> taught you this before. Yeah. How do you explain that? It's so hard. And they will ask you, like, what does maybe mean? And you're like, oh, uh, yes. I recently just got that one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, in. You you take it for granted all the time. You think, like you said, mm-hmm. you just you just take it for granted. It could be something as big as like death. It could be something yep. as big as like magic on TV. Um, I think we were watching Marvel the other day, and usually we try to do a lot of animated and cartoons. So this is what they can pay attention to a lot of the times. Yeah. Anytime there's like a real person on TV, he could care less, unless it's a Marvel character. If it's Spider Man, if it's Thor, if it's any of those guys, he can pay attention. So we're watching it. And I want to say it was like WandaVision or something like that. Um, and sorry if you haven't seen it or anybody who's watching who hasn't seen it, but I'll just kind of, I don't want to mess it it's up too It's been out much. for like two years. I think it's Yeah, okay. this should be able to get this right. So <laughs> this was the end of it. And uh, she was kind of like taking down this world that she created. Mm-hmm. And he started crying, like on the seat right next to me. I'm like, baby, what's wrong with it? What, what if that happens to our world? I'm like, Okay. So now how am I supposed to break this all down? So here I am trying to have a conversation about our world, why it can't happen. And he's like, but Wanda can still do it. I'm like, well, Wanda's not real. You just see a blank stare. You're just like, okay, so now I have to break down what an actor is. So here I am on YouTube looking at an actor, trying to show him this and that. And he's like, well, but what about the other superheroes? Oh, those superheroes, this is made up. And it, we take it for granted. <laughs> we take it for granted a lot. And we have to slow down to to be able to teach them. And sometimes we don't know until they ask. And it's just not easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's like, oh, now I'm confused. Wait, what were we doing? <laughs> How did you yeah, get me to there. spin myself in a circle? Uh, I haven't. Uh, have you done Blippy at all? Yes, I've done Blippy. And uh, Blippy kind of, just being honest, it kind of scared me a little bit. Same. Um, like, I didn't know anything about Blippy or anything, but just hearing the voice. It was like kind of weird. It kind of gave me, um, what was it like, Mister uh, Pee Wee Herman? Pee Wee Herman kind of vibes. And it was a little scary. Like I still remember watching Pee Wee Herman. I don't even really know if I remember any episode or anything, but it was creepy. 
And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, maybe that was just a way to attach to the kids. And as you watch some of their, the things that kids watch on YouTube, they kind of use these different voices that are a bit odd, but they're trying to channel the kids in a different way. And they might not all be malicious, but uh, that's what Blippi gave me. And I just kind of looked at my wife. She was like, I don't know, like maybe we should start paying more attention to it. And I see they're trying to like put out good stuff or whatever. It just was a little odd and I read more into it. And there's some stuff that the kids wouldn't even probably ever find or understand. But I was just like, hey, yo, we're not watching. We're not watching Blippi anymore. No. When they ask, when they ask it's like, you would say what Blippi's bad? Like, I, I don't know how to answer the question to that. You know, it's maybe not that he's bad. Like, what about you guys? So I looked at the videos of Blippi and I was like, this really annoys me. Like that voice just annoyed me. Oh my and, uh, but I allowed it because I saw how he was teaching. And so both my kids still like Blippy, but not as much. And I was annoyed by how much it was. But at the end of every, every episode, he spells out his name, B-L-I-P-P-I. So both my kids learned to spell their name to that same rhythm. And uh, oh. like at two, my oldest was able to spell his name. Same thing as my youngest. I think my youngest was a little younger and they were able to pick it up. And like he teaches about um, construction vehicles. Now mm-hmm. there's like kind of the science aspect. I've been really impressed with how he teaches like the the sharing and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like watching some of the YouTube stuff, there's I've had to catch, especially my oldest, like we're not watching this one. Well, why not? He's not doing, you know, anything bad. And I'm like, there's just some words being used that daddy doesn't like that. We're not going to watch. And um, so he now I have a rule that there's so like number blocks is something that they watch, which I highly recommend for math. Yeah. Um, Octonauts is great for like underwater creatures, things like that. That's Mm -hmm. what we watch at night before bed. So there's no nightmares. It's like we're not watching any real world, no toys. Because no. they, they dream hard or something. Like kids, that's whatever's on the mind right there. That's yep. what they go with. Yeah. Bluey. Bluey's the best show on TV, period. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Like Bluey literally blows my mind. Like it's great for kids and it's great for parents. Like, especially dads. Like I tell every day, yes. hey, do you watch. I don't say, do your kids watch Bluey? I say, hey, do you watch Bluey? Because Bluey will convict you though. Like, Watching dad walk around and talk with the kids and you watch him play and slow down. But he's also very real about like when he gets tired and how he talks to them and building a relationship, man, it's amazing. I I tell people the same thing. Like it's the best show on TV. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It is the best show on TV. And um, we, we usually use like YouTube kids. We've subscribed to it and stuff like that. So there's some really good stuff on there. Like I thought you were, it was cool that they learned how to like spell their names through watching some of this stuff because I know I'm going to have an episode at some point like talking about screen time. Mm-hmm. Like, we live in this culture and era where everybody's talking about screen time and they're trying to tell us what's good and what's bad or whatever. But I've watched my kids like grow so much and learn so much from that, like ABCs and stuff before they even get to the yeah. daycare. Because some daycares, they don't even teach. It'll just be to watch your kids, right? Until they really get to school or pre-K. So like, to see them learn and to point out, you know, a tractor or, um, I know my son did learn from Blippi. He was talking about basketball and like buoyancy. I'm like, that's amazing. (laughs) Um, so yeah, all that stuff is good. Like you gotta, everybody's got their own thing. You gotta learn how to use your resources because 
it's not going anywhere. Like think about our screen time. Like we even going to work, like we got it. We just got to learn how to teach kids in a different way because their life is going to look completely different than how ours looked. You know, we had Game yeah. Boys, Nintendo's. Those were different. Nobody's screaming about screen time then, but the internet's not going away. So, and that's where I think the harmony comes in, right? Where it's all about understanding your kids and like the balance, and then you know trying to implement that into life. Like, yeah, you can't go all one direction and if you go all the other direction you might be limiting your kids as well on how like you said how quick they're learning different different things and um that's one thing i need to get better at is reading to my kids because especially my five-year-old i need to start reading him books like every day probably more than one time a day and i just take for granted like i'm Got no energy here. Take your tablet. Go uh, watch something. It's so hard. Like, and I'm I'm an English major by trade. So, like, I love reading already. Like, me and my wife, we've written written two books, and we're actually working on the third. Oh, so, like, dang. books. That's was, like, awesome. That thing. Yeah, my wife. She her favorite movie is Matilda. Like, if her life could just be Matilda, like she just gets older and she does nothing but read and live out in a little prairie house and you know be like a, become a teacher. Like that is what she loves. So like books she was the first person to take me to the library in college like i had never i never knew we had a library at all so she was the first person <laughs> to take me there then once we got married and moved out here and that's to the library and we the kids learned about books and the library card i'm like you tell me you can get all this stuff like rich pat rich with rich dad poor dad for free like all this stuff <laughs> so we started reading to the kids a whole lot a whole lot more as younger, but as we started having more kids, it started getting harder. Like I'll sit down in the chair to try to read to them and I'm knocked out after like the first page. Like I'm already like, <laughs> so that's, that's really hard. But the kids, they do love it. And it's just kind of finding times to, to do that and try to implement that into like our daily routine. It's not easy, but the kids, they love it and they're sponges. They really are. They really are. Um, Yeah. It's, it's unreal. Like when you realize because they say something to you that they're watching every single thing that you do, it's oh, like, yeah. what? <laughs> it's, they do it all the time too. Like they're all, like, you know, I say big brother's always watching. Yeah. It's like that. Like you don't think the kids are paying attention at all until they bring something up. Once they do something and you're like, why are you doing that? It's like, oh, you, you did this yesterday when you're eating sunflower seeds or something like that. A lot of times I get in trouble because the kids will do something that I already do. My wife doesn't like like dropping the socks on the floor or buying your fingernails and not cleaning oh up the pile and stuff like that. So <laughs> they, they, and they, they definitely get it and they pay attention a lot. But I mean, that's their job like that. They don't know anything else to do but to just you know, just do whatever they see. But for us, how do we, uh, how do we, I don't know, we're not supposed to hide it. We're just, we still got to be ourselves too. That's kind of hard sometimes too, to be yourself and like yourself and make sure that the self that they're learning is the self that you want them to be. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's for somebody who, as it turned out, um, did not like himself. Like that is something that as I'm learning, same thing with the emotions. Like I want them to have a leg up and learn these things that I wish that I had learned earlier. So 
trying, especially I see it in my youngest, kind of at that point where their self-worth is starting to that like that foundation is being built for their self-worth. So mm. how can I make sure that I'm building that to be a lot stronger of a foundation than what I had when I'm still learning how to, how to build my own foundation? Still learning. Uh, one thing for me, like I talked about being like insecure about just the way you look and that's something that I was struggling with. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't like trying to pass that down to my son. And I caught myself a couple times, like, before he was about to leave the house and go to school, of course, you want to make sure your kid looked nice and all that other stuff. They don't have, you know, fingers falling out their nose and stuff. But I found myself every single morning wearing a little bit too much about his hair, wearing a little bit too much about his socks matching his shirt, wearing a little bit too much about just the way he looked and his appearance and everything. And I realized that the kids at school probably don't care about that. And yeah, I'm going to be teaching them, you know, nice things about, you know, make sure you keep yourself up and like all the other stuff. But I realized that's not what I was doing. I was insecure about somebody looking at my child and thinking that he looked unkept or that he was coming from this type of house or that the girls won't like him or people don't want to play with him or whatever. And I was pushing that insecurity onto him because after, oh, he's going to think to himself every time he looks in the mirror that something's wrong, that I need to figure out what it is. And I'm not going to move forward until I figure out what, what it is and I don't like what it is and I don't like myself and I don't want to do that to him. So now we, we lean more into affirmations like, Hey bro, I really like that. That hat you picked out. We talked about you matching and stuff like that, but I like this. And you know, I, I try to mix it up a little bit and I try to not to push that insecurity onto him as I'm trying to get better with my own insecurity. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you there because it's, that is like the thing, like, Everybody always jokes, right? That there are mirrors, like there are biggest mirrors because you'll see something. Where did you learn that? Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> oh, no. Right. And <laughs> how? so like, you can't do that. Well, you do it. Yes. Um, daddy's trying not to anymore either. <laughs> yeah. I try to tell him, hey, daddy's trying not to. And he'll do it uh, or he'll like raise his voice. To my two-year-old, my oldest will raise his voice to the two-year-old. No, Avery, you can't have any more apples. And da, 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 da. I'm like, yo, stop, stop yelling at him. And he'll just look at me like, where'd you think I learned that from? Yeah. You know, I'm just like, ah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta do better. So, hey, daddy did it. Sorry, I'm trying to work on it. Looking for different ways to like figure it out. That's Man, the same. I'm the so same. happy we're talking about this. <laughs> like, how valuable. Would it have been to have this conversation before we like had kids or like being a little bit younger to hear a podcast about what you're talking about? Like this, I think we undervalue it sometimes. Absolutely. And the dad books, did you read books like you're about to be a dad kind of a book? Uh, no, I think somebody talked about getting me one before and I, I didn't actually get it. So I'm like, no, I just dove in here first without, without any real like planning or. Cause I try looking up some stuff like on Google every once in a while. Like what is yeah. my hospital stay supposed to be like? And sometimes you find some blogs and stuff, but no. Did you, did you read any? I got one and 10 pages into it. I'm like, this is some bullshit. And I put it down <laughs> and it's like, did it but, not feel relatable or like, it what? did not, it was, it did not feel relatable at all. And, um, I think that that's where like the podcast that you have and, videos and you know other shows out there talking about this 
yeah. being relatable, like understanding um, what's out there. Like I, I didn't realize I knew I wanted to, to respect my kids' intelligence and I didn't want to continue some of the cycles that um, were continued with me. And I didn't realize how easy it was going to be to fall into those cycles with the temper, with the, um, you know, just a lot of things that like were blamed on me, but I had no control over. And then I started to almost blame on my kids. And then, um, you know, luckily their mom was like, Hey, did, you know, we can't do that. We can't be doing that. You can't be, and realizing working on myself that that was the best thing I could do. And there was a moment where my oldest, he was two, maybe three and we're getting ready to leave. And I think I made him put a jacket on and he was mad. He had to put a jacket on and he said, daddy, you're mean. And I said, you don't know what mean is. If you want to see mean, I'll show you what mean looks like. And their mom goes, stops and like, why are you talking that way to a three-year-old? Are you jealous of the childhood that he has? And it took me by surprise. And I immediately said, no, like, why would I be? And then um, I thought about it and I'm like, I am. And that's a good thing because that's what I want to do. I want to give them the things that I wasn't given and not. And this is the advice that I give to dads when they're expecting. Create a childhood that you are jealous of and not from the, the presence and not of the physical gifts that you're giving them. And not even the travel experiences, but the space that you hold for them emotionally, the presence you give them, which I, you know, I listened to your episode uh, with your, your son on there too. And you and Sony, and you were talking about presence over presence, right? And how important that is. And just create a space that you are jealous of because you should be, and that will make you a good parent. Absolutely. And it's, it's hard sometimes to figure out what that looks like, right? You, yes. Okay. I don't want to give them the presents because there's definitely things like, I, oh, there's a red bike or the mongoose that I had growing up. Like, I want you to, I want you to have that. Like, yeah, you can still do those things, but Absolutely. what does it also look like to be present, like in the moment, like really be there? And sometimes the kids will legit tell you and say, hey, come play basketball with And you got to go play basketball. Hey, look at this. Hey, watch me do this do this with me or whatever it is. Sometimes you have to stop and do that. And even when you're rejecting whatever that idea is, because we still have life that's going on. We're trying to do things for maybe our other kids or work or whatever. You have to sometimes put yourself in their position. Like you have to remember what it was like for you when you were a child. And if you forget that, if you can't live in that moment one more time or a few more times to remember what it was like for you and a child, you're going to lose it. You're, you're never going to be able to really connect. You're never going to really be able to give them what it is because on the other side, like we just don't get it anymore. We lose all that stuff once we become adults and we forget. So if you want to connect with them and you want to be present and you want to give them the life that you didn't have, a jealous, you know, life that you could be jealous of, you got to live in that a little bit, like your own childhood. Again. Yeah. And it doesn't take all the money that you know you didn't have growing up it it really is about just changing a few things and you could look at it and you're like this is i am jealous of them 
And that's amazing. And I am so proud of myself for creating this space for them. Mm. Um, man, that just thinking about that, like really, it, it gives me goosebumps inside still. And you start to, to realize that they teach you <laughs> just as much as you teach them. And like, that's when, that's when things really take off. I think as, uh, being a, being a dad that like, you're all of a sudden you're like, this is my favorite thing in the world. It sounds corny. It's like some people who don't understand or might not be in it to say like things are, Oh, my wife's my best friend or, Hey, my, my kid, you teach me more than I teach myself or it hurts me more than it hurts, you know, you or whatever. It's like, it sounds corny. It doesn't sound mm -hmm. like it's for real, but you realize that life is really becoming full circle when that happens. Like you've only lived a portion of it and there's so much for you to learn. And you realize that from the moment that they're born, like you had the childhood crush, you, you got the girl that you love, maybe you got married, like you've, you've involved yourself and had all these different experiences. You've been hurt before, you got kicked off the team, like you've had all these different things before. Then a child comes along and you're like, what is this? Like, I haven't felt hurt like this before. I've never loved like this before. And it's all these different new experiences that you're having. And now you have to create almost a second life to, to get better at this and to get better with yourself. And it's a whole nother journey. And it's amazing and it's beautiful. And we're still getting better at it. We're still struggling. We're still challenging. We're still failing forward. We're doing all these things alongside our kids. And we just want them to know that we're doing it. And I think communicating with them is good. So that we have a relationship when they're older and they're adults. And then they can fail forward and do the same thing for their kids. Absolutely. And then, you know, that's one of the things like, I don't want either of my kids to put me up on a pedestal. So having those conversations, admitting my mistakes, things like that. So they know I'm human. Yeah. They don't put me on a pedestal. I'll always be dad. So I'll always have that big look in their eyes, right? Like my friend told me the other day, you know that you're the Hulk to them. Right. I'm like, no, I'm not. And then I saw the way my youngest looked at me and I was like, Oh, I, th I might be. <laughs> you, really, you really are. Yeah. You can do stuff that they can. Absolutely. And I think the last thing like to touch on, I heard on a podcast and um, the person talking was not a dad yet about how he thinks like when he becomes a parent, he's going to realize that there's always going to be a last time. So he's going to cherish things because he doesn't know when the last time is going to be. When's the last time your baby's going to sleep on your chest? Oh. When's the last time they're going to ask to be picked up? When's the last time they're going to ask to sit on your lap? And like, just be aware as a dad that you don't know when the last time is going to be. And just be in those moments. And you don't have to be every single time this is not about being perfect but it is just understanding that there's going to be there's going to be a last time and you're not going to know it and every single time my kids ask to be picked up it's a yes um and i just lied because i said every single time and i told them i couldn't yesterday but <laughs> i try to make it a, a yes unless my hands are completely full and i'm carrying something but yeah is that something that you took into account, especially with your oldest, or is it something you're learning 
man, it's it's something that I'm learning. It's something I think I've learned after. Uh, and sorry, man, you got me to cry, man. RJ, I didn't think I was going to be doing that today. <laughs> but uh, Please don't apologize for being human. Man, I, I definitely felt that. And that's what I feel like that's a big part of this whole thing that I'm doing about like embracing fatherhood, because although I'm always going to be a father, it's going to look very different in every part of the journey. And the, the, the youngest parts, the passion that you have in that moment, you're giving everything to it and you're receiving as much as you possibly can mm-hmm. or you're present, the more you receive in it. And when you move on to the next level, it's going to be different, but it's hard to still let go of what that journey looked like before. Mm. When they laid on your chest and that's all they wanted to do and they wanted dad and it's, hey, pick me up. Hey, watch this. Or, hey, can we go do this together? I watched my five-year-old kind of start stepping out of that. And I watched, like, after enjoying him fall asleep on my chest, now he's starting to walk. So all he wants to do is walk. So I'm putting him down, and he's walking away from me, right? And I got a two-year-old, so I get to do it again. I got twins. I get to do it again. But I'm not going to have kids forever. And if I don't enjoy the moment that I'm in and embrace the season, embrace being there with them and doing it, it's going to be gone. And I won't know when the last time it's going to be. And they're going to remember it. And I'm probably going to remember it too. I just hope that it was something that I could be proud of every single last time. And that I actually enjoyed it, that I was actually there. I was actually present. And you saying that, man, it just, it hit me. Like it hit me like a ton of bricks. And uh, I, I appreciate you for that. And I appreciate you for helping me let that out because that's something that I, I try to keep in my forefront every day as, I like, as I'm also parenting them and raising them and spending time. So yeah, that's definitely something that I take into account. Mm. I, f- I felt everything that you just said and that was so well said that I want to wind down from there because it's like, it's such a perfect place to transition. So, um, Meyer, if people want to keep up with you, how can they keep up with you? Instagram. Instagram is here for the dads and it's the number four. So here for the dads. Um, you can also find me on Spotify, YouTube. You just type in here, the number four, the dads. You can just find my podcast. If you listen to Apple, listen to Spotify, YouTube, like I said, any of those ones. I've kind of been dabbling in TikTok a little bit and haven't really figured it out just yet. But if you want to find me, those are a good place to look for me. That's awesome. Everybody go listen to the Here for the Dads podcast because it's so amazing. And follow follow Meyer on Instagram. So this has been Untapped Keg. Give us a follow. All social media is under Untapped Keg. Uh, leave a review. Leave a five-star review. It turns out, I guess people are doing that without me saying it. But I should probably say it more. And... Um, you know, let's try to be better tomorrow than we are today. Because we don't make it, we try. Have a great week, everybody. Love you.